Welcome to He's Dead Jim, the podcast where we travel back through Star Trek, the original series, one episode at a time. I'm Mick McConnell, and joining me is my awesome pal, Emily Lind. Hello. How are you, Emily? I'm good. How are you doing? Very good. Very good indeed. This week we watched episode six from season one, which is Mud's Women, uh, and that's episode seven on Netflix. So this is our introduction to Harry Mudd, uh, who's a regular feature in the original series. And I think of Harry, he's kind of like Q without being clever. He's just like the annoying <laughs> side of Q where he just rocks up and just messes up um, the, Enter- the Enterprise crew's day. That's a good That's a good description. What are your thoughts on Harry Mudd? He's a lot of fun. Like it's a ridiculous character, and I think if you if you stuck him like in modern Star Trek, it doesn't it doesn't work. He's in he's in modern Star Trek, um, but it's played obviously played like a modern character. But he's in Discovery. Oh, okay. Um, and you get him. He's got a beard, um, and I guess he's a bit darker. In you know, he's still trying to take over the Enterprise, but he's a bit darker and more malicious about it and how he does it, I guess, in the same way that the the Discovery series is is a darker series. Um, yeah, worth checking out. Yeah, but I think the, I think the campiness works really well here. I, I yeah. found myself, even though, I mean, from a modern perspective, this episode has, has some troubling aspects, but it's just... It's just a lot of fun, despite all of the stupidity and the rampant, rampant sexism. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty full on. It's yeah, it's interesting. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the yeah. Basically, the whole episode is just objectifying women, basically, <laughs> um, and how it redeems it. It redeems itself, uh, but you know, in a very sixties way that we'll we'll find out. He's a very camp character, isn't he? Mm. He's kind of it's like somebody from just leaps into the Enterprise from Pirates of Penzance or something like that. He's, he's got this mustache that would actually fit in really well in like Williamsburg hipster society today. Nice, yep. And he, what he, he's got this like cowboy hat and this ridiculous earring. It's a good look. Actually, it's not. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's a fun look. It's a lot of look. It is. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. There's a lot going on. For Stardate fans, we're at Stardate 1329.8. I haven't figured out if these numbers mean anything yet, but we appear to be jumping back in time. Um, the Enterprise is in pursuit of an unidentified vessel that's flying erratically and it's trying to outrun them. Uh, and refusing to answer their hails. So we're basically treated to a bit of an outer space version of cops. We get a nice police chase. <laughs> the um, the vessel's engines are about to overheat, and uh, or they do overheat, and then it drifts into an as- asteroid field. Um, Spock identifies it's a small Class J cargo ship, uh, and it's about to prang into asteroids. So um, the Enterprise extends their deflector shield to try and protect the cargo ship. In the process of doing that, the Enterprise damages its own dilithium crystals. Oh, no, it's not dilithium crystals. It's lithium. Oh, is it lithium? It's lithium crystals. Ah, uh, there you go. I heard what I wanted to hear. 
<laughs> so lithium, obviously a real element, dilithium, uh, fictional Star Trek element or mineral or whatever. Um, okay, so they haven't, they obviously haven't come up with the dilithium bit. Yeah. In this episode. Does dilithium feature in the original series? I don't know if it ever does in the original, but it, they're definitely, like, I know, like, straight off in Next Generation, I feel like they're using that from the beginning. There you go. I'll have to, have to listen out when we get to the, um, the original series movies and see if they've adopted dilithium. Although the other thing that was funny, it's like, oh, the, if, We'll we'll have to switch to battery power, and I'm like, well, well, what's what's that then? Yeah, like, that's a good point. The, what's the what's the distinction there? Because your you, lithium crystal essentially is like it's the ship's battery, isn't it? Yeah, it's the power source. Interesting. So we go to the transporter room. We've got McCoy, Spock, and Scotty in there. And they beam a man aboard in a pirate outfit with an earring and a cowboy hat. And he has a weird Irish accent. I think it's kind of Irish. It's sort of miscellaneous. And uh, he introduces himself as Captain Leo Walsh. Uh, So his ship is destroyed right when they're beaming up the remaining passengers. So it's one of those exciting moments where they, can they beam them up or not? Did they get them in time? Uh, And obviously because the, the lithium crystals damage. They're struggling with power to do the to use the transporter. Um, but the the passengers arrive uh, and they turn out to be beautiful women, uh, and they immediately beam in in fashion model poses <laughs> as they materialize. Yeah, and I love the fact that apparently they were just hanging out on that ship in like super fancy sequin dresses. Nice and all, yeah make up like they're going, you know, going to some sort of red carpet event. Uh, what else was sort of weird? Yeah, like none of these people look like they were just hurtling through the galaxy in a spaceship chase and nearly killed in a in a crash. <laughs> they're all pretty calm. Yeah, and you get these immediately, like these soft focus close-ups, which you get a lot in this episode, where it goes back yep. and forth between close-ups on the women and then close-ups on the men watching them. Yeah, that's basically the, most of the episode is shots of the women looking seductive and then shots of the, the Enterprise crew just sweating and just being overwhelmed. <laughs> So Spock's the only one that's not affected. So basically when the, the women sort of look seductively at the men, they, they have like a hypnotic effect. Um, so Scotty and McCoy are totally mesmerised. And Kirk's trying to hail them and he's like, did you, did, you, did you rescue them? How many people did you beam aboard? And basically Spock just has to try and get Scotty to snap out of it. But Spock looks a bit concerned. He's like, what's wrong with these guys? What's happening to start off with? And as the episode progresses, he seems very amused. You know, like, he seems smiling a bit. And then we get some sleazy jazz music as the, the women uh, leave the transporter room and they just sort of, they walk, you know, they're doing that dodgy sexy walk, cuts to the um, you know, lots of close-ups of McCoy and Scotty just a bit looking like they're about to faint. Um, they cut to a, a sort of a close-up shot of the women's asses, basically, as they walk around the ship and then cut the shots of men staring at them. 
very, very dodgy. Um, oh, it's pretty bad. Kirk meets the women and he's mesmerized by them too. Um, and in his captain's log, you know, a little bit later, he talks about he's, you know, he's becoming really concerned about the almost hypnotic effect that the, um, the girls are having on the crew. And Mud says, oh, yeah, I like how Mud introduces the women. He says, this is me cargo <laughs> in his weird accent. They need lithium crystals. There's a lithium mining operation on a planet called Rigel 12, so they're going to head there while they've still got power. And they hold a legal hearing for Harry Mudd. Before the trial, you know, Mudd basically catches up with the women and tells them not to submit to a medical examination so we know something's up. At some point in here, Kirk refers to Mudd as a jackass. And I'm just like, it's one of those things of like, every once in a while you'll hear something, I think it's particularly in the original series, where you go, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, it just seems so out of place. But I guess they're cursing in Discovery, so. Yeah, well, Discovery's full on. But yeah, I guess that's the jackass is as much cursing you can do on 60s TV. One of the women accidentally calls Mud by his real name, Harry. Um, and he's like, tries to quickly, um, cover it up. And the, the women are discussing what are we going to do now? We don't have a ship and we're heading the wrong way. Kirk and Scotty and McCoy come in and Spock and they put, uh, mud on a lie detector and it reveals he was lying about his name. And he says, I'm Harry Mud," And it says incorrect. And he says, he has to say his full name, Harcourt Fenton Mud. It's a great name. It is a that is a very good name. Very regal. Um, he says he has no past offences, but then the computer goes incorrect and then brings up this massive police record. Um, so he's, already, he's been um, convicted of smuggling offences and I think money laundering or something like, like that is basically a Buying a ship with counterfeit money, I think, is one of them. There you go. So um, he's got a pretty good rap sheet. It sounded. It sounds like he had a suspended sentence hanging over him, and yeah, he got um, his he got his license revoked. <laughs> Which okay, now this one's real question because because Kirk starts listing like the ch- the the charges he's bringing, and and it includes galaxy travel without a flight plan, and not yes. having a master's license, and I'm just like. Who the hell is regulating that? <laughs> That's impossible. I know. Um, supposedly, oh, like you would assume those laws would only apply, like, well, obviously only within Federation space, I'm guessing. Galaxy travel. Flight plan. So does that mean you're allowed to, you're allowed to fly around the solar system without a flight plan? Okay. <laughs> like uh, the the term flight plan just like ground my brain to a halt because I'm like that's I, I mean all the ships that you see flying around in Star Trek constantly and the number of times like people just take shuttles and take off somewhere I'm like are they all breaking the law yeah it's very the writers are definitely thinking with you know, airplane hats on rather than space travel, I think. But uh, what were the other charges? I did. Oh, yeah. 
Galaxy travel without a flight plan and without an identification beam. Oh, that's right. And failure to answer a starship signal and, and operation of a vessel without a master's license. Uh, so Mud um, reveals that his business is he recruits wives for settlers and the women were destined for frontier planets. All the while, Kirk's busy talking to or asking questions of Mud. Um, the women are gazing seductively at Scotty and McCoy. The computer doesn't detect anything unusual about the women, um, but it does uh, announce that it's detected um, strange signs from the male crew members. <laughs> and um, it detects Scotty and McCoy have elevated blood pressure and increased perspiration. <laughs> And then Kirk turn, turns around and tells uh, tells Mr. Spock to strike that from the record. So the women, they claim to be genuinely looking for husbands as they come from isolated planets. Uh, and the hearing concludes uh, with Mr. Mudd to be handed over to the legal authorities uh, at their nearest opportunity. Uh, but all of a sudden, the Enterprise lights start dimming and uh, the last lithium crystal has failed and uh, life support is running off batteries. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting to know, as you said, what what the batteries are made out of. Probably big Tesla batteries. Mart overhears Kirk talking about uh, quickly contacting the miners on Rigel Twelve and telling them to have the lithium crystals ready immediately. Uh, and then he basically plots. Um, you know, after the the officers leave, he, he turns around to the girls and he says, "Girls, do you still want husbands?" And he talks about the rich miners and how wealthy they are and they'll basically be like duchesses and he'll be able to take over the enterprise. I don't understand quite how having lots of money. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, he's, he realises the, the, the enterprise is in a, a weak bargaining position where they desperately need crystals. Um, so we get the shots of the women cruising around the ship. Um, the brunette, whose name I think is Ruth, comes in to flirt with McCoy, makes his uh, scanners go crazy as she walks past. And um, McCoy is mesmerised. He just says, are you wearing any unusual perfume or are you wearing anything radioactive? <laughs> um, and she manages, just because he's sort of hypnotised, she manages to get away without a proper examination. I'm going to say the lead of the women characters um, is Eve, I think, with the long blonde hair. She flirts with Kirk. She's just hanging out in his quarters. Yeah. Like, he just walks in and she's, like, lying down on his bed. Later we get them back in Mud's quarters and obviously they've been, um, you know, Mud sent them to go and flirt with the crew and find out information about the mining colony and... Eve is not feeling great about this. She tells Mud she hates him and hates this whole thing. And she also says she's um, she's starting to feel ill. And Harry, I think it's almost time. So we're, we're left wondering, you know, what's what's about to happen. Meanwhile, McCoy is trying to figure out. He just can't place, you know, why these women are so mesmerizingly attractive. And uh, he basically says, you know, are they really that much more beautiful than any other women? Um, so we cut back to Mud's quarters and suddenly all the women are disheveled, uh, and their, their hair's all messed up and it's, it's pretty funny actually. So they've got, you know, heavy makeup to make them look old and messed up. Um, and 
Harry's desperately searching for some pills he's hidden so that the Enterprise crew couldn't find them. And he produces a jar of red gummy lollies, basically, (laughs) which um, the women take. So the women take these red gummy lollies and all of a sudden they're beautiful again and their hair is perfect and their makeup's on point. Um, So it's, it's pretty good pills. Yeah, man. Eve didn't want to take the drugs again. She's really not happy with this whole situation, but she gives in. Um, There's also, yeah, it seems like maybe there's a bit of drug addiction involved or dependence anyway. Um, The miners come aboard and immediately they tell Kirk they want to do a deal for Mud's women uh, for the crystals and um, they also want Mud's immediate release. So... um, did I? Maybe I skipped that bit. So Mud um, manages to get hold of a communicator and contacts the miners on the planet before they beam aboard. Um, so he snuck in there and done a deal. Um, Kirk uh, won't make this terrible deal and warns the miners they're a long way out in space and they're going to need supply runs and future medical treatment, etc. So they're not really in a position to hold the Enterprise hostage. Um, the women come in and flirt with the miners and they already know each miner's name. Uh, so it works out perfectly three miners and three girls. Yeah. Mud's very smug and, uh, just basically tells Kirk, you know, you'll, you'll make a deal sooner or later. You have to. So they beam to the planet, uh, where the miners are partying with the girls. Um, Kirk gives in, says, righto, I'll, I'll make a deal and wants the crystals and, I'm going to call this guy the lead miner, basically says, yeah, yeah, when I'm ready. And then he goes back to partying with Eve. Uh, Eve's starting to turn back again. Um, she's not feeling great. She's not in the mood for a party. So the the head miner um, basically wanders off and tries to take the, the other girls off each of the other miners and then a fight breaks out. And then Eve, um, she's had enough and she storms out into a sandstorm and goes missing. And then Kirk and the head miner go after her. The Enterprise can't detect her location in the storm. And uh, eventually um, Eve and the head miner end up safely in his quarters. So Eve does some chores around the place, perfect 60s housewife, um, and cooks for him. And he's very rude. Um, Yeah, he's a real dick about her making him breakfast. Yeah, he's like, ooh, I finally get some female cooking. And then he just complains about how it's terrible. And she complains about, well, your pots and pans aren't clean, so I did my best. And they basically don't have any water on the planet. But I like that she says, well, why don't you hang your pans out in the sand so they get sandblasted clean? I wonder would that actually work next time I'm camping in the desert? (laughs) I'll have to try it out. One thing that that struck me when I was watching this is, in the original series, space seems much more desolate than it does, like, in Next Gen and Deep Space Nine. Like, they, they definitely still had, like, planets, you know, that were sort of, like, at the edge of civilization. But they had far fewer, hey, there's just three guys working on a mine. Or there's these, you know, this one guy on a scientific research for you know, 10 years. I, I wonder if part of that is when Roddenberry was 
creating the show, there's some quote he had about it wanting it to be wagon train in space. Ah, cool. And so I, I, I feel like that's got to be part of the influence is this sort of Western frontier life. Yeah. And it probably makes things cheaper when you only have to hire, you know, three actors. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Rather than a whole massive crew. But like even the way, like even the way this miner looks, like you could stick him as a background dude in a John Wayne movie and it wouldn't look out of place. Yeah, it definitely looks like it'd fit in in the Western. So Eve's drugs start to wear off again and the miner gets very angry. Um, he looks like he's actually about to hit her. Uh, and then he kept saying before, you know, I haven't laid a hand on you. I haven't laid a hand on you. So he's not a great guy. Um, and then um, basically Kirk and Harry Mudd rock up just in time when he's getting really angry. Um, Kirk makes... Um, Harry tell the truth about the women and uh, they reveal it's the Venus drug that he's been giving them. So apparently men take it and make some muscly and it makes women pretty. Um, Eve takes the drug again uh, to make a point and all of a sudden she's beautiful again and says, is this the kind of wife you want? Selfish, vain, useless. Is this what you really want? And then uh, so basically the, the minor sort of realizes, no, that's not what he wants. <laughs> he wants a wife that'll cook and clean for him. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is that is that really that much better? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. That's, yeah, it's the, the 60s housewife, I guess. And that that's what um, Eve is sort of pitching that she wants to be, I guess, that um, she wants to be useful rather than flittering about being vain and, <laughs> just doing fashion poses. Um, and then Kirk reveals that Eve actually just took a placebo, so she didn't take the drug at all. Uh, so I guess she actually is beautiful. That doesn't really explain how all of a sudden her hair is um, immaculate and her makeup's perfect, how that happened. Yeah, it's not like she just suddenly like game, like regains her her poise and her confidence like we physically see her change and I'm like i don't i don't quite think you understand what the placebo effect is yet 60s <laughs> tv show but okay yeah <laughs> anyway so apparently she's got it all along and it's comes from within um so i guess that's that's a good outcome i guess uh, but anyway, Eve decides to stay on the planet and um, turns out the the women and the other miners are already married by subspace radio or something like that or ship-to-ship -ship radio. So anyway, we end up, we, we don't really find out what happens to the other girls, but we assume that they want to stay as well and hopefully it all works out. Uh, and Kirk brings Mud back to the Enterprise. Uh, Mud's trying to weasel his way out, and Kirk says, no, you have to come back, but uh, if you want, I'll appear as a character witness at your trial if you want. <laughs> That's obviously not going to work out great for Mud. And it finishes up with Kirk and um, Spock and McCoy sort of finishing up their report at the end of the episode. Uh, McCoy ribs Spock. can't remember exactly what he said, but... Um, 
basically about his anatomy again and Spock turns to McCoy and says, the fact that my internal arrangement differs from yours, Doctor, pleases me no end. So Spock, again, deals very well with the the brutal ribbing that he cops. I feel like they reuse this joke a lot. This is already, what, the second yeah. time we've heard it? Oh, yeah, and and plenty more times. It's the theme definitely the, at least of the first season. So it's a fun episode, but it's essentially an episode about human trafficking. <laughs> it's not. It's not great. No, it's really not. I mean, but it's sort of. It's still sort of really fun, and a lot of that is down to this guy who plays Mud. Yeah, even though he's he's a villain, he's a he's a fun villain. Yeah, my my theory about Mud is. With Starfleet, you being shown in a very optimistic, ideal way that humans and other aliens can work together and basically dedicate their lives for the common good. Uh, and here comes Mud, who's an absolute shithead. Basically, he's, he's only out for himself. And I, I just wonder if that's sort of the the way to you know to highlight and contrast the whole Starfleet philosophy. Yeah. I sort of feel that way about the Frangi as well. Like here are just out of control capitalists that only care about profit and only care oh, about yeah, themselves. Actually, I was actually planning on bringing up the Frangi because I, I feel like they are definitely similar in, in villain type and that they're not, yeah. they're not like out to conquer the galaxy and they're not like trying to start a war. They're just, greedy yeah yeah i think that and, and for any good fun like a similar sort of way i find them very entertaining oh yeah we get we get quite a bit of them in deep space nine and we sort of get the 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 politics of frangnar like explored and it's a lot of fun nice they're pretty funny with their massive ears and their ear fetish <laughs> yeah so funny. Yeah, so check out Discovery if you haven't. There's there's a couple of really good mud episodes in the first season, one in particular. Maybe that will be my summer project. Once Legion and Westworld and the Americans are over. Nice. Anything else you want to check in about Mud's Women? I don't I don't think so. I this episode I would recommend watching. Like if you're not watching along with us yeah. but you wanna like occasionally check out an episode. This one is just sort of ridiculous and fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth worth seeing. And we get we get more mud again pretty soon, actually. Do you have an introduction for Emily's mailbag se- segment? Now I feel really put on the spot, and no, I don't. I did put you on the spot. Um, I mean, we don't... I was trying to think of a Star only, Trek equivalent to the The only thing mailbag. that ever goes through my head when I think of a mailbag intro is the, the mailbag from Letterman. Yeah, yeah. I have to see if I can do a version of that. Um, what's the Star Trek equivalent? You could be Uhura on the, the communications <laughs> officer, Emily Lynn. Okay, so we got a we got an email from from Campbell, uh, and it says Emily and Mick, thanks for the awesome pod. Question: Has it been established whether shuttles are used in the original series? In last week's episode, The Enemy Within, the transporter is offline and the boys on the planet are starting to get cold. Why didn't Jim just send down a shuttle? Job done. 
Love the fact that most of your pods go on for longer than the actual episodes. <laughs> Thanks for all the time and effort you guys are putting into this. It's a great quality podcast that I look forward to every week. Thank you, Campbell. Thanks, Campbell. And that's a good question. Very good question. Um, we do see, I'm pretty sure we do see shuttles later on in the original series, but we haven't seen them yet. Well, which is interesting because you, you have to think that they, they've had shuttle technology for longer than they've had transporter technology. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is a bit odd. Obviously, the writers want to use this cool new transporter idea. Um, normally, yeah, I guess the, the way they get around using different modes of transport is, obvious, is, is normally a storm. Oh, there's lots and lots of, like, space lightning. Yeah. <laughs> so there's normally some reason why they can't use the shuttle or vice versa. They can't use the transporter if that suits the writers. Um, but there doesn't appear to be any of that on the planet. There's just, um, it's a very, very cold planet that people can't survive on after the sun goes down. Um, so yeah, no real explanation for that, but yeah, we, we haven't, yeah, I'm certain we haven't seen a shuttle yet in the series. Uh, and yeah, in terms of, um, the episodes going for longer than the actual episodes, originally I was sort of, aiming for about half hour episodes, but I'm still trying to, I think we're doing okay. We're, we're keeping the, the actual recap of the episode you know, around the half hour mark and then the rest of the time's chatting about other Trek stuff. How, how long's the perfect podcast episode? I, I like, like mine between an hour and a half, an hour 45, yeah. depending on what the topic is. Yeah, but I think that's, that's right. sometimes I see like an hour on there, and I'm like, "Oh, sweet! I can just listen to this uninterrupted. It's one block of time." Yeah, I think most of ours will probably keep it under an hour, except for um, you know when we get a guest on, we'll go a bit longer. See how we go. Thank you very much, Campbell. Thanks for listening, man. Let's see. We also got one from Paul Olson, and that is titled "Love It." which is always a nice start. So thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> hey, hey, you guys. Just discovered your podcast this morning, and I'm loving it. I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and it's always fun to hear fans geek out, especially over the original series. A few years ago, I started losing weight by walking every day to an episode of Star Trek. Now I've run marathons and triathlons, and I'm a huge geek. Keep it up, please. It would be so fun to talk to you guys about these shows. Awesome. Well, first of all, I mean, Paul, that's fucking awesome. Congratulations. I have certainly not run a marathon or a triathlon. I am in awe of people who can do that. Yeah, that's amazing. Most I've ever done is like 10Ks, um, which, sorry for people that speak in miles, but anyway, that much. <laughs> Definitely not even half a, mar a marathon. Uh, and I couldn't even do that if I wanted to today. But, you know, I think like one of the reasons we did, decided to do this podcast is just because we wanted to talk about Star Trek. Yeah. It's, it's sort of fun to, to revisit it and to have somebody who's, who's doing it. Like I, I've wanted to go back to the original series for a while, but I just never got around to it. Yeah, me too. But having somebody you can react to it with is, is a great way to do it. 
Absolutely. It's so much fun. Um, and I think that was, yeah, it was really sort of watching Discovery made me want to go back and watch the other series again. And yeah, likewise, it always, you know, I'd seen most of the original series just sporadically on TV, um, but always wanted to go back and do the whole thing. And it's, yeah, it's just fun having, um, an awesome pal to chat Star Trek with. Um, and, yeah, I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it, Paul. It's awesome. When I first read that, when Paul started losing weight by walking every day to an episode, I was thinking, like, what is he out walking about, you know, watching the app on his phone or, or listening to it on his phone? And I was thinking, yeah, obviously, treadmill. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that makes more sense. <laughs> that makes way more sense. Unless Paul's got a holodeck and he actually loads up each episode and spends the time, you know, running away from Klingons and baddies be a good way to get some exercise yeah 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 beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, very cool yeah good on you man thanks so much um i actually think we got one more here this is from squire trev and it's called naked time regarding your podcast about the naked time i agree with the comments made regarding the time travel component feel tack feeling tacked on However, it was included as The Naked Time was meant to be a two-part episode. The second part would have been based on the episode Tomorrow is Yesterday, an episode that involves going back in time. At least that is what some sources have reported. Thanks again for the wonderful podcast. Fascinating. That makes so much more sense. Yeah, yep. Definitely. Oh, thanks for letting us know, then. If ever we bring up anything like questioning that you guys like have some trivia on or have an answer p please write us and let us know yep and feel free if i ever stuff up the name of a character or <laughs> remembering something feel, feel free to write in i think uh, what was the movie we, we were talking about last week the um the final frontier with um when they scotty and went no when kirk and spock and mccoy are camping and i kept saying scotty instead of spock a couple of times <laughs> I'm just rewriting my own movies as fan fiction. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks so much for writing in. Uh, so our email address, if you want to get in touch, it's he's dead Jim pod at gmail.com. And also hit us up on the socials. We're at he's dead Jim pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah. We always like to hear from people. Absolutely. Uh, Emily, you've got a, a very big star Wars week on Canabite dispatch. Yes, um, Solo is coming out. Um, not quite sure when we're going to be able to record, but we're going to have like our immediate uh, reaction podcast up on that as soon as possible. So if you like Star Wars, keep an eye out for that. Very cool. I was uh, just listening to your pre-Solo episode. I'm, I'm going to see Solo in let me see 9 30 tonight so this is the last time we can talk until uh, for a couple of days <laughs> yeah <laughs> very exciting I'm, I'm i'll have i i'll have seen it in 24 hours nice okay we'll catch up then i'm i'm nervous and excited um so yeah definitely if you're into star wars definitely check out canabite dispatch it's awesome um, I haven't seen any Deadpool movies, but I, I learnt quite a lot about um, one of the characters. <laughs> Is it Cable? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we were supposed to talk about Solo and our like sort of our excitement for it. Instead, we talked about 
Cable from Deadpool 2 and our attraction to him. There you go. Maybe he's been taking some of those red uh, red pills from <laughs> <laughs> from Captain Mud. But yeah, definitely fascinating. Very good pod. Very cool. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Um, let's see. I do a X Men Universe slash Legion podcast called Pod of Future Cast. Um, we're a little bit behind right now, but we're supposed to be um, pumping out some episodes in the next couple of days. So check that out. Right now we're going through Legion, but we're also going to do an episode on Deadpool 2 and just sort of everything that comes out with the X-Men. Very cool. I've got to, that's something I've got to catch up. I had a bit of a listen the other day and because I don't know X-Men, I didn't understand what was going on, on at all, but it sounded like a great podcast. There. <laughs> Very cool. Um, let me see. I am going to be at the Kosamui International Podcast Festival, just as a, a fan and a punter. Um, that's run by the Little Dum Dum Club podcasts, and also it was going to be featuring the dollop, and then it wasn't, and now I. It sort went... of is again. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gareth Reynolds is apparently coming, so it'll be. They're going to do a dollop without Dave Anthony by the sound of things. So anyway, that's so um, yeah, a few of us, a few podcast fans from around Australia and around the world are heading over. So I, I don't know what the if there'd be much overlap between um, his dead Jim listeners and Dum uh, Dum Club listeners on the Venn diagram, but I, I have spoken to at least one or two people online. We're going to catch up while we're over there. So if you happen to be heading over to Kosamui International Podcast Festival. Hit us up on the socials, and I'll uh, we can catch up for a, a Romulan ale while we're over there. Um, I will will have my podcasting equipment over there. To, I'm helping out with a, another comedy project, um, so if anyone wants to catch up, we could do a couple of quick interviews, but uh, for the pod. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it'd be cool to cool to catch up for a sari and brandy. Sounds like a good time. I'm really jealous. Oh, no, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got my bag packed already. And my when do you cat, leave? Uh, three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Most organised I've ever been in my life. I'm ready to go. And my cat is currently sleeping in my half-packed suitcase. So apparently she's coming to Kosamui as well. well. That should be fun. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Uh, well, I think that's about it from me this week. Um, actually, I might. What do we call our listeners? I know different podcasts have got names for their listeners. We could call call you guys the Dead Gyms, <laughs> <laughs> or um, that's terrible. The Crew. That's, that's so generic. Terrible. Very generic. We'll have to think of something. Anyway, our wonderful listeners, thank you so much for supporting the show. We've had a, a great start to um, our brand new podcast and my first ever podcast. Uh, and this week, I have a special mission for everybody. And our um, basically, our call to arms this week is: if you like the show, please tell a friend. Uh, so that might be if you're on Star Trek forums or Facebook groups, anywhere that where people hang out and like Star Trek, let somebody know. Message your grandma that likes Star Trek. If you're talking to, um, or maybe grab your grandma's computer and subscribe for <laughs> it's usually easier that way than trying to explain it 
Um, but yeah, just tell a friend if you like the pod and you know somebody else that likes Star Trek or um, enjoying camp 60s TV, <laughs> then um, let them know. Thank you so much. Until next time, we still don't have a sign-off. Bye. Bye.